Oh, what do you think about um, Matt Shackman directing Fantastic Four, if it's true? I like that choice. I do like that choice. I think he's... I think he was very good on WandaVision. I ain't gonna lie, I was quite excited for him to do Star Trek Mm 4. However, Fantastic Four are alongside Spider-Man as, like, my favourite Marvel kind of heroes, because that's the ones I used to read. They're the ones I used to read and watch all the cartoons of when I was a kid. So I'm always up for Fantastic Four. The sooner the better. But we know... We know... um who the cast has got to be right go on well, but the, the, you, you know what Matt, Matt Shackman also directed a lot of right I know exactly what I know exactly what you're going to say yeah <laughs> so we, we know that who the cast of the Fantastic Four has to be <laughs> and I ain't going to lie it would be a, it would genuinely be amazing it'd be but, so funny but I just thought of something which I didn't think of but with Matt Shackman doing a Star Trek film imagine I know it wouldn't be the, it would be a Star Trek film it would be the Star Trek it would be the continuation of that story they're telling probably yeah, um, but imagine <laughs> just take the always sunny Philadelphia crew and put them into Star Trek. <laughs> oh, fucking! I feel like I feel like Dennis would be the captain, but like he'd want to be the captain anyway. Um, yeah, well, De- feel... Dennis would be the captain, but it'd be Frank Ship. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Matt could be Spock, but like a really bad Spock. And I feel like um, Charlie would be Bones. <laughs> He's just a terrible doctor. <laughs> like, that's just... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, what's oh, D going to be, though? D needs to be just something... No, it should just be Caitlin Olsen dressed up as like an alien, but like really badly and doing loads of stupid voices. Yeah, 100%. And they're always just, they're always just like, what are you doing? <laughs> D, you bitch! <laughs> I love that show so much. I um, I mean, me too. I can't live without it at the moment. Just Ugh. fucking so great. When are we? All, I think I don't know if I said this to you recently already, but like, when are we all going to come together and just acknowledge that Glenn Howerton is the greatest actor on television? He is Ever. great. He is a great actor. <laughs> I just—he's so good as Dennis. Like, whenever you see those tweets that are just like best line readings from films, and it's just people replying with his lines from Always Sunny. Because he's phenomenal. Yeah, his delivery is... It, his range and delivery is quite scary, what he can go from and to. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, God. I love him. <sighs> I love that show it's so much. It's fucking great. Oh, a new podcast episode tomorrow as well. I'm not even... I need to really. It's so, it is really, really good. My... It's really interesting. I'm I'm interested to see. I know they're probably they're probably recording a little bit, a, little, a couple of episodes behind, but I'd be interested to hear if they had any thoughts about Matt Shackman directing Fantastic Four. Because oh, obviously they yeah. they've worked with him a lot. Yeah, of course they have. So, I'd wonder, cause, and I know, you know, they've talked about things, <laughs> obviously. Nice. Um, I'd just be interested to hear what they think. I know also that at one point Glenn Howerton was rumoured to be considered for Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, I could see that. If it was, I don't think, if it wasn't attached to the MCU, I don't know if he'd fit the MCU. I'm but sure they find get... I mean, he's done other things, obviously, so. Yeah, but... maybe that's just too stereo um, typecast. Uh, typecasting, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I know, I think. 
I think because like, Charlie Day's done like a lot of films, hasn't he? So I was gonna say, yeah, he's been like Pacific Rim and stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he's the villain in the second one. Yeah, I always forget that. I forget <laughs> the second one. To be fair, I've seen it once. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's all false. Fucking shit film compared to the first one. Yeah, you know, it's not very good. Um, but you know, Pacific Rim does have one good thing. What's that? I mean, the first one has more than one good thing, but it has a very good soundtrack. Hello, everybody. My name's Connor. Hello, and I'm Harry. Hello, hello, hello. And what I didn't say before that is welcome back to another episode of the Two Smoking Microphones podcast, a podcast for two random nerds that are no longer writing a Doctor Who movie. Ba-ba-da-ba! Um, we're talking shit. Um, and you were time... so you were so close to saying two nerds right of Doctor Who. No, no, I no. I, when I started it, I was I, I I was like I know I used to say this, but I'm gonna have to finish it differently. Yeah. I knew I knew I wasn't gonna say Doctor Who. Don't worry. There was I mean, just I a did. tinge of there was just a small tinge of fear in me. I was like, "Fuck! Is this is he is he throwing this on me just suddenly?" I think it's because I forgot that I did that intro last, like for the whole of last season. Yeah, like I actually managed to forget that I did it. Like, <laughs> that's impressive. Me. Um. Anyway, yeah, hello, welcome to another episode. We're talking soundtracks today, which we, we teased are. would be the beginning of this season, but um, we're, we're putting it anywhere anywhere in the season we feel like. Um, exactly, you can't tell us what to do. They they can't. I mean, they could if they if they wanted to. If they wanted to suggest things we do. <laughs> that would be great, and it would be very That'd helpful. That would be nice. Um, we would do things. But no, right now we're not taking suggestions. Um, we're, well, look, basically, we've, we're both into... Um, Connor's very into his music. I'm very much into soundtracks, and that's part of the music that Connor also likes quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and we just thought, you know, it'd just be interesting to talk about because we we have a lot of soundtracks that we both like in common. We have some that I'm sure are quite different. And I think I think the thing about soundtracks as well is it very much um, it, it very much makes a makes a product. It makes a film, a game, a TV show. Without it, just the kind of emotional impact wouldn't be I th- as strong. I think there are different kinds of soundtracks is the thing as well. There are soundtracks that are like there to amplify the world and the story and the moments, i.e. Star Wars and John Williams, basically. Yeah. Um, but then there are soundtracks that kind of just serve a purpose and are just there to make it so it's not just idle... So there's no, so there's always something there, i.e. most of the MCU stuff. Yep. Which, let's be fair, their soundtracks aren't the best, but there are some standouts in there. Yes, I think. Um, let's just get straight into it. I think there's there's one I want to mention off the bat, um, which for me is as quite has become one of my favourite soundtracks of all time, is the Spider-Man No Way Home soundtrack. That's a good one. Uh, it's it's in particular, I love. There's a couple of tracks I really love. So exit through the lobby yeah, is one that I <laughs> I absolutely adore, and it's See, the kind of also something else that we can talk. What we want to talk about in this episode is also how music affects specific moments in a film, and that track for that moment in that film which is beautiful. It's not a spoiler it... at this point. Um, no, you know, yeah, the death of Aunt May.
and it's such a slow. I want to say it's like piano. It's piano, right? No, it start. It has there's a there's piano, and I think it gets bigger. Yeah, and it's so. It's so kind of at least at the start so slow, and kind of and kind of intertwines with the theme. And I remember when I first heard it in the cinema, it it really don't get me wrong that that whole film got me, and and yeah. I stand I stand by the fact that I think. Tom Holland gives one of the strongest performances in the MCU in that film for me personally. Oh yeah, it's the it's one hundred percent my favorite Spider-Man film. Yeah, well. same, one hundred percent. But not the not I still stand by um, Into the Spider-Verse being the best one. But like, yeah, no, it's it's incredible. Because remember what I said when we reviewed it was for some there was a part of me that wanted to find criticisms, but I just couldn't because I loved yeah. it. <laughs> and and, but, um, and I think his performance I was. If, I, was I don't know if you mentioned it was a. Uh, Michael Giacchino did that soundtrack. Sorry, yeah, Michael Giacchino. Yeah. And, yeah, I think he gives one of the best performances in the entirety of the MCU. But what, but especially for that scene, what really just... It really helps... Um, um, what am I trying to say? It really helps heighten the moment and and really makes you notice his performance because the, the, the music it's, fits yeah. it's so more, it's well. Of- it's one of those things where when I went when I listened to the track for the first time after seeing the film, it's like oh I'm back I'm back in that moment like immediately hundred percent like and that's that's obviously a sign of a good soundtrack. It's like when when people say that if you played the first few notes of the Up soundtrack, yeah, like I don't immediately again again Michael Giacchino. He's 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 slowly becoming one of my favorite composers. He does a lot of great things in his compositions. Like, for example, the Vulture's theme in Spider-Man Homecoming is, I think it's the minor scale version of the Avengers theme. Yep. Which is so like baffling that he decided to do that but then again that's something that john williams apparently did apparently i don't know if it's 100 percent, but i think anakin's theme in the phantom menace is a major version of the imperial march oh shit I i think that's what it is it might be something else but there is apparently yeah there is something that john williams did do something like that as well which is brilliant (laughs) though but yeah but it's so it's so clever, and I think, especially with this for Giacchino, is like I like the fact he he brings it back in my other favorite track, which is uh, "Forget Me Nots," which is yeah, where same. he at, yeah at the end tells, of the film, right? Yeah, he tells MJ and, and Ned that he's they're going to lose his memory of them. Um, no, they're going to lose their memory of him. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, I got you. It starts with the same. It starts with the same theme, and it builds up to this like crescendo of like. This this choir just singing this bit as he's overlooking, you know, the people that are about yeah. to forget him, and it, it it hits that kind of high note of the theme. And even thinking about it now, like I listened to it on vinyl last week, and it gives me goosebumps every single time.
because it's so. I think it's the choir that come into it that's not in the exit through the lobby track, but it's only in this track. Yeah. Really, just fucking hits home. One thing. I mean, um, I really like. I do like Giacchino's like theme he's given for his like for this this Spider-Man series as well. Like this, you know. Yeah. The specific theme it has. I feel like I, I hear it too much now because it is played a lot through the films. But like, it's it it is a good theme. I just feel like overplayed a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Just uh, is it what track is it? Is it uh, is it Shield of Pain that has like the bits from the other two Spider Men? Uh, yeah. like briefly, it has a bit of um. I want to say Maguire Spider Man theme, and then um. Andrew Garfield from the first film. I want to say it's Shield of Pain, yeah. Yeah, because then there's Goblin, Gob, oh, Goblin, his inner demons, which is the bit where Peter's fighting him, fighting <laughs> Goblin, Goblin at the end. Um, but yeah, I think Shield of Pain is where you get because yeah. it leads into um, hit them on the roof as well. Sticking with Spider-Man though, like I mean, I still, I get, I get weird feelings every time I hear the um, the main intro from the the original Spider-Man films. I mean, yeah, you can't you can't talk Spider Man and not talk about Danny Elfman's. Do you, do you know what it, what it theme? is about about Danny Elfman's theme for me? It's that it's when the Columbia logo appears as well. Like I will always think of that theme, like when I see the Columbia logo. <laughs> yeah, same. The it works so well, and then when you get like the um the weird little I get you know I, can't, I guess it's I don't know what kind they're little drums of some kind like little bongo drums of some kind i think like the little tapping yeah. and it's like it's like the feeling of like uh, um i guess it's trying to give across the feeling of like little spider's legs and something like that and when you get that with like that, that old marvel logo with the comic strip ah oh. pages flipping like that just that was all like such an iconic intro and then that theme just was so like big and um i guess just big <laughs> well, i think it, it it really helps encompass that Spider-Man. I guess what helps is obviously when that film was played, you saw in two and three at least, you saw um, kind of what had happened previously in the previous film, and that kind of helped yeah. set up the story. But you could that theme became a character in itself. Now, when you think of those Spider-Man films, you think of most people think of Spider-Man Two, Tobey Maguire, and that theme with him swinging and him swinging through the city. Well, I think. What that? What that? Specifically, one and two, because the 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 um the 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 opening main theme for the third one isn't officially released anywhere. Yeah, true. Um, 
but for specifically for one and two, it's like that main title is like an overture. Do you know what an overture is? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. You have it's, to... where, but it's like a track at the beginning of like a musical, like an opera or something like that, which oh, will right, have yeah. like themes and motifs from everything in the entire show or everything in the entire in the entire soundtrack. Yeah. So an overture is like, oh, here's everything that's coming up, and that's it's that those themes that those intro themes feel like the entire film. Yeah, exactly. Like it feels like it tells you the story because it goes through like it goes really big and then it like ends like with that little so i don't know i think it's just it's a very well written soundtrack overall like i don't i think when it comes to individual tracks those films aren't that strong but when it comes to that main theme Yeah, I think the yeah the stronger part of those soundtracks is the main theme for sure. Yeah, because uh, I think all the strongest tracks throughout those films contain the main theme, which is why they're some of the strongest tracks. I think you're right. I think I think some tracks on their own without it aren't that strong. Um, yeah. Let's see. Is there any anything? I I know I really like. I like. I really like. Michael, I haven't listened to it properly, but I know that like the main theme of Inside Out is good. Like I really like that one. Oh, I've not heard because, that one because that film is it's very emotional. <laughs> I really like Inside Out. It's a good film. Um, I see. There's a lot of his soundtracks I haven't listened to, like other than when I watched the films. Yeah, so I, don't really I mean, remember them. The bat, the new theme he did for the Batman is is very strong. Very, very interesting. Very emo. Yeah, because very... it was literally based on that um, that Nirvana song. Yeah, it's the same chord also... progression. It's also it fits the tone of that Gotham oh, perfectly. Yeah. Um, That's another one where I'd have to listen to the soundtrack. I'd have to watch the film again and then listen to the soundtrack like immediately afterwards. There's a a track in the new from the new Thor soundtrack I really like. I think it's just called the Ballad of Love and Thunder, which is the end credits track. Oh yeah, I thought that was really good. That was the only one that really stood out to me. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I feel like I don't appreciate his Rogue One soundtrack enough. Yeah, I'm the same. I think his Rogue One soundtrack. He just released like a deluxe edition of that. Yeah, they did. It's well. 57 tracks. Yeah. Yeah, I need to listen to that. There's yeah, some so good. There I. is some good tracks in there. Like he, he, he was let down by the fact he did only have a month to write it. Yeah, but it's still even then. It's only a month, and he it was still still he still yeah super came back strong with good music. Um, 
the Incredibles theme is pretty good. <laughs> bum, 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 oh yeah, he did some Medal of Honor soundtracks. Fucking hell. Um, Mission Impossible. Yep. He did Mission Impossible 3 and 4. Obviously the Star Trek soundtracks. Oh, I fucking love his Star Trek soundtracks. And then uh, the main theme, like the is just. I actually I want to rewatch those because I know I never really appreciated them. So maybe if I rewatch them, I will. I love those films. Like I remember when everyone was like, "Oh, Star Trek Beyond is great," and I'm like, "I didn't like this." And it was I don't know I don't know I have to go back and rewatch them I think. But yeah, he does. He just basically he remakes the original theme, doesn't he? As well. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and then his Doctor Strange. I, I liked his Doctor Strange soundtrack. He did a really good theme for Doctor Strange. Yeah, the main theme for Doctor Strange is pretty good. Um, but he obviously didn't come back for the second one. But the theme was still kind of there. Yeah. Um. So we mentioned briefly, obviously, Pacific Rim. Um, that soundtrack was actually made by Ramin Djawadi. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was. Who did the first Iron Man and also Game of Thrones. Um, but it was done with the assistance of Tom Morello, who is the guitarist from a band. Oh, <laughs> I say that. Nice. Because I cannot remember what band right now. Um this is gonna. This is terrible. I should know this. Rage Against the Machine, of course. Um, so he does like a lot of cool stuff with the guitar and that. So you know, like the the main theme of Pacific Rim. Yeah. That was pro- probably mostly Tom Morello. Shit. Because he plays yeah, the track. He's featuring on the track as well. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. The Pacific Rim theme is great. Like I think that was obviously that was like universally agreed by a lot of people after that film came out. Yeah. Um, just yeah, the theme is just Pacific Rim featuring Tom Morello. Okay, good, good, good track. Um, uh, 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 anything else you want to? Uh, well, I mean, there's loads more. There's I, loads of soundtracks. Can if I you just go or I go? It's up to you. Well, just quickly going back to to Spider Man, right? This will lead into a, a different composer. I was going to say, let's talk about. We, I mean, <laughs> let's but, not stick on Spider Man forever. No, 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 no. It's not. It's it's a it's a segue. It's a segue. Okay, but. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? Say what you want about the film. I personally think it has a good soundtrack. I I like... You know when the film... Not when the film starts, but when it fades into, like, Spider-Man, when he's falling. Yeah. yeah. That that kind of main little bit, the little track they play there, and I think is his theme for the film. Yeah. That, it's it's a very heroic theme. Yeah, that like, and the the theme of of him and Gwen. I haven't done... listened to that. I need to. I need to watch the film again. Is this wait? Is this from the, the Amazing Spider-Man Two? Did you say? Yeah. Okay. And it's beautiful, beautiful piece of music, and it, it's it's kind of throughout. And there's like a track called like "We're Best Friends" and "I Choose You," and it's kind of the. It's a very kind oh, of yeah. light piano. Thank you. 
um, and it's done by Hans Zimmer, or he's partially done by Hans Zimmer, that I think people always well, forget. Yeah, it was a, it was a massive collaboration, wasn't it? They like had big that as like a selling yeah. point. It was the big six or whatever they called it. But Hans, um, so the reason I'm saying this is Hans Zimmer is also one of one of my favorite composers of all time. So and I feel like we need. To I talk know about him a bit. you saw obviously Hans Zimmer live, didn't you? I did. Yeah. I was recently just listening to some of his music and that, and I looked at his um. I've made a playlist that's his set list that he plays live. Nice. And while I don't listen to all of it because like I just I want to watch the film. I need to watch Gladiator again, stuff like that. Yeah. To really appreciate the soundtracks. But like when I look at that what he plays live, I'm like I that's that's insane. Like his There's... shows must be fucking out of this world, especially now with the addition of Dune. It was it's easily one of the best things I've ever witnessed live. I think now I think he's... I don't... Because when did you see it? I want to say... April time. So... Was around then. Start of the year. This year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was last year for some reason. No, this year. He's doing another one oh, next year that I'm very much considering I, going to. I, I'd like to, but I was looking at tickets and they're not They're not cheap. No, they are... I mean, it is expensive, but it's... it's you, if, you, did, if you, you did... You did also say next time you go, you'd consider taking me, so... I did. I did say that. With you. <laughs> well, I was gonna. I was gonna think of asking you. To be fair, I need to decide if I'm gonna go. But I would definitely go with you. I will try and find a way to go with you. <laughs> Good. Because Good. looking at it, I think because I think he opens with the track. I, I think I don't want to be wrong. I think he opens with House of Trades. He did for this one. Yeah, he got. He, he went back. On... Yeah, he went back to June towards the end. But the very opening track was, um, the House of Trades. Uh track and if there's also if you go on if on spotify there's uh hans zimmer live in prague which is his yeah, previous a... tour and you can listen to all of that and that's amazing as well my but thing if... is i prefer i always prefer studio recordings but <laughs> no that's fair um, but yeah, yeah house of trades then he goes into M- mombasa from inception so it's just oh, yeah. and his music is not like it's big like he does a lot because i know I'm, I'm, i think it was i can't remember there's an interview he did I don't think I've actually watched it, but someone was talking about it and saying that like he tries not to think about he approaches po- uh, soundtracks differently. Yeah. To how like where most Western composers do. Yeah. Like he says, he tries not to think the traditional Western Hollywood tropes of a soundtrack and tries to approach it in loads of different ways in that. And I think another composer will will end up talking about at some point. Um, who does a lot of that as well nowadays is um, Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, but um, on ha- sticking with Hans Zimmer, obviously his soundtracks are huge. See, my favourites used to be The Dark Knight and Inception, but the, since seeing him live solid. and listening, yeah, since seeing him live, that's changed. To my favourite piece of music, favorite, Hans Zimmer does. Can I guess it? Can I guess it? Yeah, of course you can. Is your favourite track Discombobulate from Sherlock Holmes? No. Oh. <laughs> It's the Pirates of the Caribbean suite. See, okay, that his Pirates of the Caribbean music is fucking insane. That track at Wit's End. Yeah, yeah, at Wit's End, and also I love, and I cannot stress this enough. I love the track called One Day, which contains Will and Elizabeth's kind of like tragic theme, and it's it's such a beautiful piece of music. And I remember hearing it live and actually tearing up a little bit because I was a bit like, this is one of the best things I think I've been able to listen to live ever. It's there's some great I mean that's some I saw someone tweet about it recently being like we for all the 
the bad that there is in At World's End if you see it like that because obviously there's a lot of negative reception towards that film. Yeah. Um, the score and the themes in that film are incredible. Amazing. Like, Absolutely that, amazing. Yeah, that entire track At Wit's End is great and it has that little theme in it. I can't remember how it goes specifically but like... so good yeah it's it's one of my favorites and also i didn't get to hear this live but i also recently since listening more to his stuff as opposed to when i always listen to it um i really like and appreciate his man of steel soundtrack there's some good stuff in there i've been, I, I, I've what been, are you gonna I, sorry carry on i was gonna say i've i've been listening to it because of like just Hans Zimmer stuff and because I have like obviously I have soundtrack playlists and there's a lot of there is a lot of good stuff in that soundtrack yeah I really like the track um what are you going to do when you're not saving the world It's kind of it's kind of the main theme. It comes at the end of the film, and it's just it's just so fucking good. It's Man of Steel. We're talking about. I think because I think I've got that in here. Um, it's so heroic. Man of Steel. Yeah. What are you gonna do? In, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So don't get me wrong. I still love the Inception. Like time from Inception. When I heard that live, I've always wanted to hear that live. And when I heard time that is live, the, the last track, isn't it? He yeah. He closed. That's how he closes off. Yeah, I know. I was, uh, yeah, that sounds and that you, sounds amazing. <laughs> and you know what? The best thing about it was, I mean, in the middle of the O2, there's thousands of people there, and it's just a guy and a piano, and you, they literally you could hear a pin drop. The, the 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 silence apart from that piano is is breathtaking. Like it's mm. truly an experience. So, but yeah, I think his pirates suite is is just next level. It really is. Yeah, obviously he he was that he was basically the composer that really introduced those big kind of sounds for these big these films. Anyway, wasn't he? Yeah, so for like, sure. Mombasa is definitely an example of that. Yeah, good time. It's a good one, Mombasa as well. Guards, oh, brilliant. I love his. I, I, his his Dark Knight soundtrack is great. That will never not be great. That'll always so many great tracks. Yeah, 
And that's one of those ones where it's like, whenever I listen to the track, I think it's A Watchful Guardian, which is, I think is the last track of the film as well. Yeah. Like, every time I think of that, I just think of the end of that film and how incredible it is. So it's, a, it's another soundtrack that is great on its own because it just gives you that feeling of watching the film. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's... I think that's also his a beauty Do- of a soundtrack as well. Like, yeah. His Dune soundtrack was fucking great. Oh, I could, yeah. It, and I will, I will admit, I do need to listen to it a bit more. Um, There's but I think... specific tracks like Paul's Dream and House of Trades are like the best tracks on there anyway. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the it's the vocals he does for it. It's the use of the drums. It's yeah, it it just gets you. So it really you know, it really puts you in that world when you watch you it. You know, you know that bit where the vocals come in on the Paul's Dream soundtrack. So the vocals that's used in every single trailer for that film. Um, you know when it has that little drum bit afterwards? Yeah. Which, it's that sound, I can't describe it, but it gives me, like, it's, it, that gives me a sci-fi feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, get you. I, almost like, I don't know, I think of, like, massive wires or something like that. Like, like in Transformers Age of Extinction, where they're attached to that massive ship. Yep. Yeah, but like that's what I kind of think about when I, but when, when I, whenever it gets to that bit of the soundtrack and I'm listening to it through my speakers, I'll turn it up as loud as I can. It's so fucking Just because good, I'm like, because it goes silent before the vocal hits. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's just, it's a great use of sound. Like, it's great, like, the whole, the way, I, I can't think of the word, but, like, how it's it goes from being sound to just being, when it goes to be quiet, and then you just get this explosion of sound. Like, for example, not, not a soundtrack, but an example of great sound editing in that sense is yeah. the seismic charges in Star Wars. You know what? As soon as you went, it reminds me of sci-fi. The first thing I thought of was the seismic charges. That's, that wasn't what I was th- I was think- I, talking about with the sci-fi feeling, but that's what I'm talking about with that, the sound editing side of it because obviously with the sound editing for the um, the seismic charges, there's a there's an audio black hole before, which is where they obviously just take out all the sound so it amplifies the sound afterwards. Yeah. But I love that when the soundtrack quietens down for the Dune thing and then you get that explosion of the vocals. Oh, oh that's great. So fucking um, good, man. Is there anything else, Hans Zimmer, we want to touch on? Like, Not off the top of my head. Not off the top of my head. There's nothing, there's nothing else, Hans Zimmer, that stands out to me as much as like Inception, The Dark Knight and um, Dune. Um, well, yes, actually. I don't know. It might just be a specific suite that he does. But I know he has a part to play in Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> in particular, Master Uguay's suite. 
it's a beautiful it's a beautiful piece of music it's all violin um it just makes me emotional every time i hear it but apart from that i can't think of anything yeah i'm not sure what was the last i mean dune was the last big thing he did wasn't it yeah i think he's hard at work on dune too i would have thought the, well i mean the film would need to be filmed first right yeah, but I mean, I think. I mean, is Hans Zimmer that? I mean, that kind of. He's not just going to. Usually, a good composer will make their soundtrack while looking at the film so they know where the music fits and stuff like that. Yeah. That's how John Williams what... used to do it. He would compose his music against the film. Thank you for listening to this episode. The next part will be released very soon. In the meantime, you can follow us at Two Smoky Microphones on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow both me and Harry on Twitter at ConnorJordan underscore 96 and at Harry Young Edits. Thank you for listening and don't forget to enjoy your scones. <laughs> <laughs>